Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. We are going to be discussing the first season of The Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. But before we get into that, my whole country's on fire. <laughs> yeah, so how, how did you like that TikTok I sent you? Oh, I didn't see it. I'm going to watch it right now because I got the <laughs> notification. I thought I need to watch that. And then I just didn't because that's how ADHD works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for context, uh, Brad sent me a TikTok that is this Canadian guy uh, talking to Texans, and he's saying, um, hey, Texans, you remember when we left our uh, weather in your backyard? Um, yeah, can you come take your heat back? Because we're really sorry. Because, <laughs> yeah, it has been. It's been so hot. It's been 40 degrees up here, which is, uh, well, I mean... We had minus 40 this winter and that was like, that's, I think minus 42 is the same Fahrenheit as it is Celsius. And we're pretty used to that kind of stuff. I mean, that's very cold that you will get frostbite. But like all of our systems are built up for that. Our roads are good for that. Our houses have really good insulation and heating. Most of us have basements with fireplaces in them. Like we have like boots and and snow pants and jackets and like we're very used to cold then hot weather comes in and we have nothing available like to deal with that we have i have one fan in our whole house we don't have one on any like ceiling lights or anything we just have like one of them like desk fans but like you know the big white ones Mm -hmm. that's it no ac we have no like, I don't know, like, unless you count, like, the cent- central fan system that you have around a house to just, like, get air pumping. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. That is our, our cooling off thing is just one very normal room fan. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm a have to pass on that fan. Like, I need, I need my air conditioning. So I, I feel for y'all right now. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just not installed in houses here because we haven't needed it ever. It's Canada. I I recommend getting that installed as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Either that or get like a giant ice maker and then just live in ice for you know the rest of summer. <laughs> yeah, just just have more winter. We'll just take more winter. Sure, why not? Yeah, At least right? you're equipped for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I feel so bad about it, though, because like, I don't want to complain about the heat because it is so lovely. But like the amount of people, like there have been like over 700 deaths, I think, in BC from people just dying because of the heat. Because like we don't, our bodies can't cope with it. We're not used to it. We don't know how to deal with it. Water. Lots yeah. and lots of water. Yeah, and shade and like... Don't get really bad sunburn. Put SPF on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't I mean, do, you like, should do that anyway, labor. regardless of what time it is. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, I'm pretty used to putting on, like, SPF during the winter because of, like, snow burns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Somehow I forget during the summer. Like, it's like, oh, I don't need to in the summer. I just need to in the winter. Excuse you? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> How much sense does that make? I don't know. Canadian logic. I did. No, mate, that's just blue logic. Okay, sure, I'll take that. (laughs) But yeah, we've also been dealing a lot of forest fires. Not luckily where I am, there hasn't been any actual fires, but we do have, like, air um, warning, like the the, um, air quality is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From the the smoke that's being carried over the mountains. Because, yeah, Mm. Lytton in BC is, like, 90% burn. 
burnt. That whole town is gone. Shit. Yeah. So, you know, fun times. Anyway, what about you? How have you been? Uh, tired. It's been, it's been a long week. I worked my first weekend for the new job, so I'm, I'm quite exhausted working six days straight instead of, you know, five. Yeah. And then on top of that, house sitting where dogs don't like to let me sleep. Yeah, it's been quite a, a lot of, a lot of stuff dumped on you all at once, right? Yeah, and then on top of that, we had VBS at church this week, so I was helping out with that. And that literally took up four hours of my time every day mm-hmm. after I got off. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go into work at 8, I would get off at 5.30, and then just immediately go to VBS, help out with that. We would get out at like 9.15, 9.30, then I would go home and try to binge as much Shield Hero as I possibly could until my body was like, fuck you, bedtime. Yeah. Yeah, that's and reasonable. that was it. So it's been it's been a week, but I'm not and complaining. Then, yeah, BBS and then, went well. Shield Hero was fun. Yeah, Shield Hero is actually I'm I'm quite excited to get into the discussion of it because there are some points of it that I really am not keen on, but I understand why they implemented them. And then um, there are some parts of it that I think are like super unique and really cool. So I think it, it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion when we fully get into that. Oh yeah, definitely because mm-hmm. it's. I know Shield Hero ranks very highly for a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested to see kind of where this both falls for both of us and what we're looking forward to with season two coming in October. Yeah. And um, I did see quite a bit of like, I always call it like Marmite syndrome. You either love it or you hate it because... I don't know. You've heard of Marmite, right? It's like the British yeah. Vegemite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why Vegemite is like more known. Like the Australian version is more known, but I always knew it as Marmite. They are different mm-hmm. brands, but it's the same thing. Um, yeah. And the slogan of Marmite was you either love it or you hate it. And I feel like Shield Hero kind of fits into that because in the comment section, I was seeing a lot of people that were describing it kind of like um, Goblin Slayer, where it had like a really interesting, impactful controversial beginning and then petered out and then other people were saying that it stayed consistent all the way through um and some people just didn't like it from the initial impact and i i'm kind of like i i I don't want to say like i'm on the fence because i know how i feel about it and i feel like on the fence kind of implies that you are like you're not entirely sure how you feel i just don't really sway one way or the other i think there are some good points and i do think that there are some some things that i'm not keen on but i understand why they did them Mm -hmm. anyway yeah so we can we can definitely get into that here shortly but before that i do have some news to get into let's hear about it i come with a lot of news and yet one thing i do not come with is a joke this week unfortunately i don't think i have one either we must come better prepared for next week i know we need more jokes and it's funny because i run across so many jokes and then we sit down to record and i'm like Damn it, I've forgotten them all. Mm. Just because, why not open every episode with a big old batch of stupidity? <laughs> we do love stupidity around here. That That is very true. Again, yep. that is just me summed up to a T. Anyway, yep. first piece of news. Fruits Basket has a new project announced. Mm. Kyoko to Katsuya no Monogatari mm-hmm. is scheduled for 2022, and it is the story of Toru's parents. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we get background on those guys. 
Interesting. Yeah, I'm quite intrigued. I'm also quite intrigued to watch more Fruits Baskets. I should throw that on the schedule sooner rather than later because I want to see the new one. I want to see what all they've done, what all they've changed, especially considering the final season just wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, I want to see uh, more of it too because I, I know I stopped watching it at some point and I don't actually know where I stopped. So I want to go back and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So I'll throw that in there somewhere at some point. Cool. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyway, next piece of news. A sad piece of news for SAO phone game fans, but SAO Memory Defrag smartphone game is officially slated to end its service on August 30th, Hmm. which makes me real sad because I've been playing that for a couple of years and I enjoy it. Yeah. It's one of those gotcha games, but it's like side scrolly and button mashy. Mm -hmm. So it's not the most, you know, in-depth kind of game but it follows the sao story really well and i mean it was fun i mean other than the gotcha concepts because those are just money grabs yeah i don't know i feel like people tend to you said it was a mobile game right Mm -hmm. yeah people tend to keep mobile games on their phone for like way longer and play them more regularly than like console games even you know i know like Mm -hmm. um when you have a console game even if it's getting like minecraft for instance it's technically not a console game it's a pc game but it's on console but you know what i mean like it has regular updates and you get excited for the updates you play it a bit for the update and then you kind of leave it and go on to like other things and then every now and again it'll get a new update and you'll get excited about it again and then like you'll chill and maybe you'll get some dlc or stuff or like a mods or expansion packs or whatever it is for whatever system they all everything has different names but it's all kind of the same thing extra content Mm. (laughs) um and and then you'll play that for a bit but i feel like mobile games because they tend to be like so much more frequently updated a little bit and they're so convenient because they're on your phone (laughs) like they're just like people tend to keep them and get really attached to them for a really really long time and then there's this whole like gaming community surrounded by mobile games that people don't really consider when they like think about gaming. I know my mm-hmm. brother was um was like one of the best gamers in the world when it came to like what was it? Um I don't know, but he was in like top 1000 players in North America for Girls Frontline. I think that's what it was. I have no clue what that is. Yeah, it was a mobile game. I don't know. He was streaming it. He was doing really really well. They actually tweeted at him a couple of times like he was known by the company. I don't know, it was really cool. But, like, mobile huh. games kind of, like, such a niche little, like, area. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely become, like, just a wider medium than mm-hmm. it ever has been to the point to where mobile games are making it into video game awards and stuff like that. Yeah, and I 100%... So just kind of as the... Go ahead. I was just going to say I agree with that. I feel like uh, the kind of reputation for mobile gaming not being real gaming is slowly diminishing, and I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I definitely don't take away from that at all. And I think mobile gaming is just going to continue to get better and better, especially as phones progress and are able to handle more and more. Mm -hmm. Next piece of news. So, Kaguya-sama and KFC, their Twitter accounts have been exchanging memes. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, let me me send you this, just because you're going to find it absolutely adorable and hilarious or at least i do anyway anyway they've been exchanging memes and it looks like i don't know just seeing chica and colonel standards chilling in the back of a car together (laughs) humors me it humors me so much 
KFC has got some really good people on their um, marketing team. Mm-hmm. Whoever's like a part of their marketing team, I have, I kind of have like pretty mad respect for, because with um, I love you, Colonel Sanders. Their Twitter account is is pretty good. I don't think I, they're as known as like Wendy's, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. They're like <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> Sorry, I just got the meme coming. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I don't know. I just really like when um, companies have fun with advertising and marketing. And um, because I, I think as, you know, the younger generation of stuff that is around on like YouTube and Twitch and, um, you know, social media platforms where there are big influences and stuff and people that we really enjoy. And then I think we hear all the time how... I'm sorry, I can't say this thing because of copyright, or I can't show you this clip that I'm referencing because of copyright, or I had to take this video down because of copyright. And I mean, yes, of course, things should be protected. I'm not saying that like all creative stuff should be available to all people at all times to use as they want, because obviously artists should be paid for what they do and should receive the like the funding for that but i just think that we're so surrounded by these huge companies that aren't making any money for the individuals who created the thing they're making money for themselves to make themselves richer and um and it's just frustrating so although like i'm sure there are one percenters who are involved in kfc who are you know also not <laughs> also probably have money in the companies that are also doing the copyright stuff but at least seeing these companies like play with the people that are just like even they're like that's free marketing you know for kfc oh yeah so mm-hmm. it's i don't know it's just nice to see big companies when they are chill and have these casual interactions with people because yeah we do just all the time hear about these big companies that suck Oh, 100%. And so it's definitely good to see KFC doing stuff like that or Wendy's doing, Mm -hmm. you know, their shit posting on Twitter. And even Arby's doing their, like, cardboard cutouts of anime characters and whatnot. Like, stuff like that and showing individual uh, individuality and, you know, trying to break into niche audiences. Like, that's nothing but good publicity. Mm -hmm. Because the people that don't give a shit about anime aren't going to give a shit about what it is but the people that are into anime it's going to make a lasting impression on them to you know want to branch out towards those franchises more just because you know it's somebody that seems very accepting of the shit that they enjoy yeah it's also just a huge indication for me as well of which companies know their audiences because Mm -hmm. of course kfc has a, a huge relationship with japan throughout christmas which I, I, if you don't know about, there's kind of like a cultural tradition in Japan to order KFC for Christmas dinner because Christmas isn't the same for them as it would be for us. It's kind of more of a, a friend holiday and then New Year's is their family holiday, which is kind of mm-hmm. the opposite for what we have over here. Um, and yeah, so so it's like a tradition to have KFC and people order KFC months in advance because it's always sold out at Christmas. It's not like you can go because the, the demand is so high. So, and obviously anime is Japanese. And um, and I think like most people that are like otaku kind of people who are into anime and, and Japanese like um, media, 
tend to be aware of this KFC fact. It's referenced quite a lot. Like, I know you already knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it's kind of like when you see a company that has this weird, like, to us, a quirky relationship with the people that create the stuff that you enjoy and you see them being playful with each other, it kind of, it does, it just gives you like a nice warm feeling to be like, oh, cool. Like they, they have a a happy relationship that doesn't just go from consumer to customer. That doesn't just go from customer to to company. It goes from company to the customer as well. And they, Mm -hmm. like, it's a nice, like, what is it? Mutualistic relationship between the two of them. I don't know. It's it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, and again, it just kind of builds rapport with mm-hmm. selective groups of audiences, but also it just allows, you know, companies or more particularly their marketing team and social media teams just to let loose and have fun a little bit. Because again, individuality, even in big chains like that, is going to set you apart from the competition. And I feel like that's why Wendy's got so incredibly popular for so long was just their shit posting. Yeah. Oh, I have a fact about fast food companies. Okay, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. So you know how I always say that I really like going to A&W because they have a Beyond Meat burger and they also have a veggie burger, or at least they did. I don't know if they still carry the veggie burger, but they did when they, like, they had a veggie burger and then they got the relationship with Beyond Meat and then they had the Beyond Meat burger as well simultaneously, mm-hmm. but I think everybody just buys the Beyond Meat, so they may have taken the veggie burger off the menu because I don't know anybody who buys it anymore, but... um. <laughs> But they had, like, vegetarian options. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I go there um, all the time. Well, A&W in Canada and A&W in America are actually two separate companies. It was the same company, but in, like, the 70s, they split off to be two completely separate companies. The logos are different. They sell different things. Here in Canada, A&W is very much about Alberta beef or, like, Canadian beef, um, hormone-free meat, uh, hormone-free eggs, um... It's all very like producing, he- advertising like healthy eating and well, as much for a fast food company can, but like good quality meat, um, going local, getting eggs from local farmers. Like that's where their advertising campaign is. Mm-hmm. And whereas in America, it is completely different. Their marketing is completely different and is ju- just like regular fast food marketing towards like just here's a burger and it looks greasy and delicious but that's not what you're going to get in real life you know again it's just knowing your audiences and also playing into the a lot of american marketing is just playing into psychological factors like choosing colors and Mm -hmm. lighting and overall presentation just to draw people in but not only that like whenever you go to mcdonald's you know you're getting shit Mm -hmm. you just go for the shit yeah so again although marketing has a lot to do with it there's just a lot of like childhood ingraining and stuff like that going along with it as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors that go into it. But again, the marketing ploys are definitely centered towards, you know, the audience that they know they're going for versus, you know, just kind of wild and outlandish stuff trying to appeal to everyone. If you can appeal to the people that you know you can appeal to, mm-hmm. then why not go about doing it that way? Mm-hmm. Fuck, Damn it. I'm not tired. You're tired. I am yawning. Nah, that's my fault. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't so, disease uni- me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Universal Studios Japan has officially reopened and Demon Slayer will be getting its first limited time attraction at Universal Studios Japan 
from September 17th through February 13th. Hmm. So Demon Slayer continues to take over the world by getting its own theme park attraction, because why the hell not? Oh my god. I, I, I would love to go on a Demon Slayer roller coaster. Oh my god, yes. Like, right? even if it's just like a visual representation of like, have you ever been to like on a 4D ride? No, I haven't. Where it like moves and shifts and they play or like they'll miss you with water and shit and like they like go with smells of like whatever's supposed to be going on. It's like a real in-depth experience. Um, maybe. I've been, maybe, but I don't, I haven't been on one like a modern version of that. The last time I was in a theme park was probably in like 2016. So yeah, I don't think I've been in one like within recent times where they've stepped up their game. So imagine if they made a ride like specifically for Mugen Train. Oh my God. Yeah, you like, could make it a cool. train. Like you could have like, cause I know in, in Universal in Florida, I think it's in Florida. It's either Florida or California. They have a, um, Hogwarts Express and when you're mm -hmm. on it like the um Dementors come and like yep. mist up the windows and stuff um mm -hmm. like you could oh that would be so cool we're gonna try and build the the big ick coming out yep <laughs> I don't know how they would do it but also like you could pay extra and get a bento for your train ride oh my god yes like just just give it to me please yeah. like Somebody get on this shit right now. And then you have actors that come around and look like they are um, dream-possessed um, ticket hole punchers, conductors. Yep. You wouldn't even have to do it. Just find somebody that works night shift and have them just come <laughs> in and act like a zombie and just punch fucking tickets. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And especially, uh, like, you said you said Universal was doing that, right? Yes. Yeah, so Universal has their, like, horror nights, right? So they have a lot mm -hmm. of... Of actors that, like, specialize in creepy performances. Mm hmm Ah, oh, that would be so cool. Have have them be demons and, like, walk. Because they could just be low-level demons. I'm fine with that. I mean, I would be game. Why not? Yeah. And then last piece of news, sticking with Demon Slayer. So Demon Slayer has officially been out for a week now on idea. streaming platforms. Sorry, I had idea. So you okay. know how, like, you what have, you like... Ollivanders and you can choose your wand you could have a gift shop where you can find out what color your sword is okay that would be cool as hell I'm right not gonna lie. wouldn't that be so cool like i i would be game or like yeah. they you go through the whole like rock picking thing yeah and so you pick your rock and then you get to break your rock and then whatever like there's like a little gemstone inside of it and whatever color it is that's what color sword you get Yes, that would be so cool. And then you can go buy a sword like, in whatever color. Yeah, and then not only that, but like you can get your Demon Slayer robes and like pick from different outfits. And then they can have like like blacksmith kind of people that are like working in the background that aren't actually doing anything, but they look freaking cool. And then you go there and it looks like they're making your sword and it's be so cool. And instead of build a bear, it's build a crow. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'd need this now. Oh yeah. my god. That would be that would be uh especially if you do it when you like get off the train and when you get off the train you're in the shop that sells the swords. Yes, like that's just marketing 101 yeah. at that oh. point. Oh, you oh can, my god. Oh, and then the second time you ride the train, you can then take your sword onto the train and then like you're there obviously they're not going to be like actual sharp things that you hit, hurt people with. But like 
and you could like I don't know if, if this is where you would need like like a LARPing day because <laughs> then I would want to like be able to have like fake sword fights with or you could have another actor that's like a, a a demon slayer, and then they come in, and then they they have actual like play sword fight on on the train in front of your eyes. That would be cool. It would be so cool. Okay, sorry, I'm theater kid in me is like so many ideas. Oh no! Like this needs to happen. Like I don't care how much money I have to spend. Like give it to me. Yeah, I would pay. I would pay a ridiculous amount of money for that. Oh, same. Like, I could go to Harry Potter World and spend a ridiculous amount of money. So give me Demon Slayer World, and I would spend a ridiculous amount of money yeah. plus some. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, get yourself a, like, wooden lacquered box if you wanted to go to the Tanjiro route, and you can get, like, Nezuko plushies or, like, plushies ah! of any of the characters, and they can yes. be, like, your Nezuko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, I want it. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, yes. I- you can find out what element you you're like and have an affinity with, and how oh, there's so much you could do with. Oh, that. it's like a sorting thing, just so you can find your breathing techniques. Yes. Oh, that would be cool. Yes, though. Somebody make this. Well, I was gonna say you could actually do some kind of programming with that if you like had a system that could monitor someone's breathing. So, like, if they like, if you had a computer that had like sensors on it or something, and it like could tell by the like you put on a helmet or something or you it can like tell by the chest rising and falling or whatever um and see how long you breathe in and how long you breathe out for it could you could actually have a system that calculates what the average person you know how long an average breath would take and then dissect that up and then like the more unusual breath patterns would then be the rarer kind of um, things and like the, the rare, rare kind of elements and then you could actually have people like measure their actual natural breathing to find mm. out what element they are based on the actual lengths or how deep their bre- their breaths are like how big their lung capacity is or whatever not only that but make an obstacle course and you can go through it you know after you get your sword and everything and you can actually be ranked yeah. So you can figure out whether you're just like a low-level demon slayer or Hashira or anything along those lines. Yeah. Oh my god, I need this now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would be so freaking cool. We need to email somebody about this. Yeah, who do we email? I I don't know. I don't know who the hell we need to email, but we need to email somebody. Yeah. There's a theme park that's going up in my um home county in, in the UK. Really? Yeah, I don't actually know who's it's not universal and it's not disney but it's like another big film studio is putting Mm -hmm. a theme park up in in kent i don't know who it is though interesting yeah road trip (laughs) it's a long way i mean i'm surprised you weren't like excuse me road trip there's no road (laughs) road does not go across ocean Oh my god, could you imagine, like, a road that just stretched across the Atlantic? It would take so long. Nah, I'd be fine. It just, just, like, weeks. No. I'm trying to think of how long it took for our, our stuff to ship across. But that's by boat. Boat no go very fast. How fast do, like, Car- crate ships go? 
I don't know. My star. my phone's about to die, so I can't I cannot disclose that information. How fast do cargo ships travel? <laughs> just the way you separated, I thought you were just <laughs> search how fast do cargo. <laughs> <laughs> How fast do cargo? Um, uh, okay, so I can't translate into American, um, but it's like between thirty-three point three and thirty-seven kilometers per hour. So, oh my god, that's so slow! It's so slow. It's like ten 15? to fifteen freedom yeah, units. <laughs> yeah, fifteen. I say freedom units. In the UK, we use miles as well. Like in Britain, it's miles. Really? Yeah. And yet they're metric on everything else. See, this is the thing is Canada and the UK and America mess me up so many times because like in height, I consider myself five foot 9.5 or five foot nine and a half inches, right? Uh-huh. Um, in the UK, they use centimeters. So whenever any of my family asks me how tall I am, I get confused. Um, but then, then I'm talking about distance and I use kilometers and my, then in anyone in the UK gets confused. So I like work best with Americans, except because like, I do have a slight basis of miles because I grew up with miles. I, it's very confusing. (laughs) What do I do? Distance and height and, and and speed. I... (sighs) I don't know what to tell you, mate. When I try to tell people how far things are away, I tend to just now say it's about two hours away. I just say time. It's like, because I can't do, I can't do distance. I get confused. I mean, that's how we are here. Like from here to Knoxville, an hour. Here to Nashville, two, two and a half hours. Atlanta, Mm -hmm. two and a half hours. So, Mm -hmm. you know. From here to Vancouver is... Who needs to know distance? From here to Vancouver should be 13 hours, but it is possible to do it in 10. I take it you know that from personal experience. I absolutely do not. You will not give me a ticket. (laughs) Yes, I am going to drive to the middle of nowhere, Canada, to give you a ticket. I also wasn't driving, but um, yeah, no, it is possible to do it in 10. Make sure to tell Dad that I'm slightly disappointed. Also, it wasn't Dad. I'll leave it a mystery as to to who that was, but you know who you are because you listen to the podcast. Huh. (laughs) Yeah, right? Okay, I have an idea, but I'll leave it at that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So shall we we get into show background before my phone decides to shit the bed? Let's do that. Okay. So. Rising of the Shield Hero is a dark fantasy isekai. It was a novel series written by Anako... Usagi, and its original run was from 2012 to 2015. The light novel, written by the same individual, is still running from August 22nd, the day after my birthday of 2013, to present for a total of 22 volumes. Mm-hmm. And it has a spin-off manga and light novel series about the spear hero, or otherwise, dipshit. I was not a fan of the spear hero. <laughs> no, he's he's complete. Uh, he, he, he got on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, um, we will get more into him because I think that this anime takes the cake for the most infuriating characters I have ever seen in anime. We'll get there. Yeah. We will get there. Yeah. Okay. And the anime series was directed by Takio Abo. 
mm-hmm. whose claim to fame, as far as a director goes, is Nor Nine. It's the only thing that they've been a director on previously, but I've done storyboard and key animation for other projects. Mm-hmm. The studio who made Shield Hero is Kinema Citrus. Mm-hmm. And some notable works of theirs, for them being a smaller studio, are Black Bullet, Is the Order of Rabbit, Scorching Ping Pong Girls. I have it on the list, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> and their biggest claim to fame, other than Shield Hero, is Made in Abyss. Hmm. So, some fairly sizable stuff, but especially Made in Abyss, because I know it kind of made waves when it came out, so... Mm-hmm. That's that's all I got for background. Oh, by the way, you get to be jealous. Oh. I have tickets ordered for Josie the Tiger and the Fish to go see it on the 12th. Ugh. Ugh. One of so these days, sh- I'm going to be near a theater and I'm going to get to see shit. I mean, within the next month or so, right? Yeah, coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, oh, hey, that means we can actually cover uh, fucking, the fuck is it? Uh, my hero. Yeah, the new uh the new film that's coming out in September. We can actually cover that the week it goes into theaters. Yeah, look at us be being on top of something for once. I know, right? Okay, so I have a little bit of background as well. Yes, so this uh, was rated an eight point zero seven on my anime list and a four point four eight out of five on Anime Planet. So pretty consistent across the board. Although Anime Planet seemed to rate it higher. But yeah, it seems to be pretty well received. I will say I find the age rating to be quite young for the content. According to my anime list, it is rated a PG-13. Yeah, I'm gonna... Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to say probably 17 plus on yeah, this Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is, a, is about a 17A because there is some pretty adult concepts that are being used in here. Not so much necessarily for the violence or anything, but there are some societal, like, commentary that are being used throughout this show that I don't think will be fully understood by someone who is 13 years old. Um, and therefore I think it could lead them to thinking that things are more lighthearted than they are, or, um, that like, yeah, there's, there's some big things on here. I am also going to put out there a general trigger warning. The reason why I'm keeping it general is because triggers, if I list them individually, will spoil the show. So if you have triggers of pretty much any kind, because there are a lot of triggers in this show, please go onto the Wikipedia page and check out the plot and see if um, it is something that you feel like you can consume. Or if you have strong triggers, I would recommend just giving this one a skip from the get-go. Like, don't worry about this one. Um, yeah, other than that, let's let's kind of jump into the discussion. Chicken hats. Yes, yeah, let's uh, put those spoiler chicken hats on. Um, I will also say I didn't take any notes this week because I had my injection in my wrist and my wrist is incredibly painful. Um, I I have like crystals forming in my wrist. It hurts a lot. So (laughs) it's all good things. Don't worry. But it did mean that it does mean that we're going to be maybe taking this one a little bit more freeform than normal. I do have the episode list pulled up on Wikipedia. But um, yeah, I think we're going to try and keep this one a little bit more general. There is also 25 episodes. So if we went through episode by episode, we would be here for hours. So 
Cool. Yeah, we don't. We we tried not to ever go back to the past of your line April being three and three quarter hours long. You can yeah. thank me for that later. <laughs> yeah. Or don't. Or don't. Don't don't thank me for that. I, I that's the reason why I'm not allowed to take episode notes anymore. <laughs> that's why I don't take lead anymore because bad shit happens. Oh. <laughs> um. But okay. anyway, first yes. things first, OPs and EDs. How did you enjoy them? I did not, actively did not like the OP. The first one. Both of them? I think the first one more so. The second one I don't really have a huge memory of. But yeah, one of them I really, I think it's the first one, actively disliked. And so I think I just skipped the second one all the time because I was like, eh. Huh, interesting. I got a bad taste in my mouth from the first one. I don't know what it was about it, but it just, something about it just, like, it just got that little place in my brain that was like, yeah, you know? <laughs> just nails on a chalkboard for yeah, you, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't even pinpoint what specifically it was about it, because I like other songs of that kind of genre. It just happened, that just one was just like, no, this is not for you. I think it might have been the vocals, because the vocals kind of started to get on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Now, the first ED I'm a huge fan of. Because, mm-hmm. as we all know, your boy is, like, big fan of sappy shit. And so, therefore, Japanese ballads have, like, a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. So, just acoustic ballads, just give it to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And the second ED was good too, but I'm I'm a big fan of all the music on this one, but definitely so there is an English artist that goes by Amelie that does English covers of a lot of anime songs. Mm-hmm. And her English covers of both of the OPs are far better than the actual OPs for the show. If you disagree with me, come fight me in the comments because <laughs> I will be there and ready to throw hands. Okay. Actually, that makes me really or intrigued. Don't. I, I want to go listen to them now and see if see if that, that doesn't grind my gears. Yeah, I'll text them to you after cool. we get done with this and nice. after I get my phone on charge because it's going to die. It's going to die. Um, yeah, okay, so let's start at the very beginning. It is an isekai. That's something that we probably should have mentioned. Oh, I didn't give like a general synopsis. Oops. No, I did. I, oh, I you said did. it was an isekai. Yep. Okay, cool. It's a dark fantasy isekai. But spoiler chicken hats are on, so. Yeah. Sucks to be you if you didn't hear about that. Um. Yeah, general synopsis. Who needs it? You're about to get a full synopsis or like Sparknotes version because Mm -hmm. a lot happens, but also not a lot happens. If that makes yeah, there's a lot of. I'm not gonna say filler because overarching plot. Yeah, it's not. It's like there's um, small storylines throughout that are absolutely very relevant to the main storyline, but when discussing it, those things can only, like, can be briefly mentioned, and then they aid the big discussion, so. One thing the show does really well is it ties in, like, plot holes. Oh, yeah, everything is kind of- Very well. Yeah, woven Like, it doesn't leave any stone unturned. Like, if something happens, it will come back into play later and for a 25 episode anime and especially something that doesn't take itself too awful seriously Mm -hmm. good on it for doing that even like characters that you see once or twice or have like five lines then reappear at a certain point towards the end that are like oh Mm -hmm. cool Anyway, yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool as well. They did that well. So, started off, we have um, Naofumi 
Iwatani, who is our main character, and he is reading, he's like gone to the library, and he's reading a book about four heroes, the spear, spear hero, the sword hero, the bow hero, and the shield hero. And then he gets sucked into the book, Isekai style. He doesn't die though, though we didn't see a um, appearance from Truck-kun today. I am big sad, because as we all know, Truck-kun is just like anime isekai gold. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't get an appearance today. Um, but that is kind of also, like, it's used in the plot that he can then go back to his original world. So if he had died, then he would go back to death. So, you know, this makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, options. Yeah, but still, sad that we didn't get to see Truck. <laughs> Wait, so what I'm getting from this is that however long he spends in the book world, what happens yeah see I whenever was, he goes back to his real world yeah i was curious about this as well is like i don't know if like time has frozen and while he's in the book he is like it, everything's on pause and then when he comes back he'll just be in the library again or is like time playing the same and everyone just thinks he's gone missing or is it like the fairy realm and he goes back and it's like thousands of years have gone by like what's what's happening who knows, who knows? I, I, I'm curious. I kind of want to know, like, what happens from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering that he, like, um, he was allowed to be an otaku and, like, chill at home because he saved his brother from going into the wrong crowd. So he was just a second year college student, just, like, not doing anything, living off of his parents' money and stuff um, because he saved his brother. So it's like he's got a very loving, supportive, kind family that are very grateful for his presence. So is is that And then he just like Is that where I went wrong in life? My family fell into the wrong fucking crowd, so therefore I have to work my ass off for the rest of my life? Is that how this goes? You should have been Isakai. You missed your chance. You didn't go to the library, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've told you about my truck coon stories, right? You have, yeah. 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 Like it just every time I see one of those trucks, I'm like, (gasps) don't do that. That's not how real life works. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So they get um, transported to this other world. And very quickly, it is determined that, like, um, he is being treated differently for being the shield hero. Um, and the other three personalities for the weapon heroes are, um, they're very big, assertive kind of personalities. And they all have much more knowledge about the situation than he does because they discover that they were not actually from the same Japan. They were from like different Japan realms, I guess. So like the president is different. Is it president or prime minister in Japan? The I don't actually know. Uh, whoever their lead person is. Yeah, their government lead official. I don't know if it's president or prime minister is different. And like the... A person on one of their notes is different and, um, you know, little things are different. And for each of them, for each of the three weapon heroes, it was a different video game. One was on console, one was on PC. Uh, They had different names. They're, you know, like that kind of thing. But for um, Naofumi, it was a book, obviously, that he read in the library. And he didn't even really get to read it. He just kind of read the blurb on the back, then flicked through it and got sucked in. So these other guys have so much more knowledge than him because they have been kind of like actively around this game more than he was around a book. 
And so then uh, they kind of split off into parties. They're told that they can't form one party individually. They have to go off on individual parties. Um, so they start making their parties because there are these big waves that are coming and they're big demon guys that are going to come. They're attacking all the townspeople. They summon the heroes to be able to defend the townspeople. They have to, to attack the waves, but they can't fight together because they're apparently weapons clash against each other. The king's kind of a douche right off the bat. You see him as like a, a bad guy. But then all of a sudden this one girl, um, mine I think her name is, right? Yep. Yeah. Who, he's like, now for me he's kind of like left alone and he's um, uh, like kind of struggling with everything. And she volunteers to be his party member. And so he goes around with her and he goes and grinds some stuff. She takes him to a... Um, like weapons gear shop place he learns that he can't use any equipment other than his shield and um, uh, and she's like teaching him some basic stuff then they all go to sleep and then when he wakes up in the morning shit hits the fan so our boy was arrested brought before the king and they're like hey you uh you tried to do bad things to your party member and he's like what Nope, no, I didn't. I was robbed. Like mm-hmm. She was gone. There she is. Also, my armor's gone. I don't know what's going on. All my money's gone. Like, the hell? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's very, you very quickly find out that mine set him up and said that he sexually assaulted her yeah. and that he deserved to be punished and put to death. And they're like, well, you're a hero, so you can't do that. However, we're going to, we're going to kick you out and ruin your reputation on the way out. So he's like, fine, fuck y'all. I'll go on about my business. Yeah. So his reputation is completely ruined. Everyone in town knows that it's ruined. He already kind of had a bad reputation because he was the shield hero. And then uh, the person who shall be henceforth known as Bitch... Um, <laughs> accused him of sexually assaulting her. And um, and then King, or aka Trash, um, was then completely on um, Bitch's side of doing this. This is one of the things that I have an issue with. I understand why it was used as a plot point, because obviously they needed something to happen to destroy his reputation. And, like, not just, like, you know... The only thing I can kind of think of an equivalent would be, like, hitting a dog or a child. You know, kind of, like, absolutely devastate someone's reputation. So they needed something that was, like, very, very concrete in ripping apart his character. I'm not a big fan of perpetuating the idea that women lie about sexual assaults because it is a huge issue. Like, 97% of women will be sexually assaulted at some point throughout their life, 97%, which is ridiculous. And less than 1% of those women will lie about that assault. So real statistics are terrifying and are not, this kind of thing perpetuated in media does do damage. That being said, I do understand why they had to use something so intense to rip apart his character. And I do understand that they had to completely paint her as a horrific villain. I just am not a huge fan of it as a plot mechanism. I 
don't know of another way that you could get the same result, though. So I do understand. Yeah, it's... It is one of those to where it is a very controversial topic, but yeah, it it did its job, and it did its mm-hmm. job very effectively. Because again, there's nothing... In anime, really, there's... It's almost impossible to stoop that low yeah. for literally anything else other than burning down an orphanage. Yeah, see, it's the kind of thing where I think of, like, Full Metal Alchemist combining the dog and the child together. You know, like, that's... I, that was probably a spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert. We don't, that we one don't talk thing, about that. Yeah, the one thing in, in Full Metal Alchemist that we all know of that was really horrific. It's on that equivalent. I'll get rid of that other bit. No, no, it's fine. I, th- I think anybody that watches anime knows about that okay. at this point. Well, um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's the only kind of thing that I can think of that would do the same kind of job. And then you wouldn't end up with a villain that is her. Like, she isn't, she has to be the victim to also be, like, the victim, you know what I mean? To also be the villain. Mm-hmm. In that case, the victim is somebody else, and then the villain is you know, the victim and the villain are then two separate people and you need them for her character. She, she needs to be playing both sides. So mm. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, and I do... This is why I think that my biggest issue isn't necessarily with the storyline, it's with the age rating. Because I think as an older person, you should be more educated on these matters to be able to come to the conclusion that this is just media and it's fine as it is, but you shouldn't apply those same rules to regular life. But to a 13-year-old, I think it might be harder for you to be able to distinguish those two things. But I feel like it does a really good job of painting it in the light of what she did was wrong. Yeah, but also that then perpetuates the idea that women lie about that kind of thing. And they don't, right? Statistically. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want a 13-year-old to watch this then hear about a story, say, against, like, a favorite celebrity that they did something bad, and then in their mind they go, well, women lie about that because in this one anime that I watched, she lied about it and she was the bad guy, and then they start applying that to, like, favorite celebrities they idolize and they don't want to see them as being a bad guy, so they then apply the same logic, you know what I mean? Mm, It's definitely one of those kind of pandora's box situation yeah that makes sense yeah so i just think that if you increase the age range at least then you're allowing it to be like an adult's brain that is thinking about this kind of stuff and should hopefully be able to apply logic to those situations as opposed to younger audiences that won't necessarily be able to allow that level of consumer media brain and then society brain and keep those two things separate in their mind you know? Mm. Same thing with the next situation with the, the slave girl thing. Um, I think that it, 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 it it's not doing great for our hero. He kind of paints himself into an anti-hero right off the bat. Yeah, he, he, he kind of forces himself onto the role just because he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want any sort of issues, mm-hmm. like, going forward. He just wants to be left the fuck alone, go about, do his job, just so he can defeat the waves and go home. However, he also knows that he has no attack, so he grinds up a little bit of money so he can go to a slave trader and get himself a slave that can actually fight for him. And mm-hmm. that is when we are introduced to Raf Talia, our a small raccoon girl that 
does not stay small very long. No. Yeah. See, this is another thing where I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to like, I feel like I'm getting all like political on this and I'm, I'm really not meaning to. I'm just trying to bring up different perspectives and ideas here um, because I like the fact that she ages up. I think that is a good thing. I think the fact that he purchased her as a child, if she had stayed a child, would have been kind of weird. Although I did see some people in the comments saying that he kind of like adopts an orphanage as he goes, as opposed to a, you, it's like, um, we think it's all going to be a harem, but it's not. He adopts an orphanage. And I'm like, that's accurate. You know, <laughs> he's like their dad oh, yeah. um, to all of them, which is chill. Uh, we do like that. Good male role models in young girls' lives are a good thing. But yeah, it is kind of weird that he purchases a young girl slave. Um, he does treat her very, very well, but he is also her slave master. She cannot refuse him because of a spell on her chest. It brings up a whole bunch of questions and, and concerns about the main character, which also isn't necessarily a bad thing in the sense that characters shouldn't always be painted as perfect heroes. And this does give him a lot of evil depth and he is purposefully pushing himself into the role of a bad guy because he's doing that thing of well you wanted a bad guy so let me be a bad guy because he feels hurt and doesn't know how to to like uh, you know express himself because he's in a whole new world and all this kind of stuff but there are issues there and it's a whole thing yeah but she's very cute and she grows up very she grows up so then it's but there's a, a power dynamic. It's a whole awkward, like, you know, but moving on from that, just plot line. <laughs> yeah. So she starts fighting for him, even though she's very reluctant because she doesn't like blood. You find out her parents were killed during the first wave and she was uh, thrown into slavery, like, right afterwards because her village was raided and all the children were taken and sold into the slave trade mm -hmm. so she learns how to fight for him learns how to stick up for herself because she swears that she is never going to be put in another situation whenever she finds out that Nafumi was summoned to fight the wave so she will never or she will make sure that no one will ever have to endure the same thing that she endured mm -hmm. and then next episode boom glow up and she is now like full-fledged adult because apparently Demi-humans in this world are feared because as they level up, they, like, they physically grow and become more powerful. Yes. As they go along. And, and you definitely see some, like, very, like, you see a lot of, like, social points brought up yeah. in this show. Like, it touches a lot of, like, political social topics. Yeah, actually. I and it handles everything very well. Mm -hmm. considering like everything it touches on like it never goes too far yeah um i i agree that they they do touch on a lot of different um topics topics that you don't necessarily see all the time in media like performative activism is a really good one that you see frequently throughout this show um that mm -hmm. i think is super relevant these days and um which is funny because this was made a little while ago but um uh, I don't know. It's yeah. There, there are some things that you see that are portrayed throughout the show, which is again another one of those things where I think that this show would be better consumed by more of an adult mind. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so she powers up. Nafumi also has an ability to where he like has like speeded aging, um, or like speeded like, um, uh, uh, like 
XP absorption, whatever, because you see that again later in another character where, like, she grows fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so then they're developing a relationship. At this point, Nafumi still sees Raftalia as a child. He, like, physically looks at her and sees her as the same child that she was when he, she fir- he first met her. Um, and he's kind of confused when everyone starts making comments of being like, ah, oh, you look different. And she's like, he's like, what? She does. Well, it's brought up that whenever Naofumi was betrayed, like time basically stopped for him. Yes. And he went into like his own little clouded, you know, world of, you know, I'm on my own and I literally have to go on about my business. Yeah. And he's and also so- kind of got this weird relationship with this shield that's happening at this time where there is like the beginnings of a curse. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like the curse doesn't start to Does happen it? until the dragon. Oh, okay, yeah, fair point. Because I think it's the dragon that kind of unlocks the rage shield. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's still... No, 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 it's the it's whenever uh fucking bitch decides to, you know, tell everybody, oh, Nafumi's got a slave. Yes, yeah. And they... Bitch tells uh, Moto... The spear hero, yeah, whose name I refuse. I could literally care less about all the other heroes' oh my names. God, so, so there, this is there's so many names. They're so infuriating as well. It's like I don't actually want to learn your name because I hate you so much. Yeah, like literally, I text Blue like whenever we were talking about this beforehand, and I was like, the show literally has characters that are now named bitch and trash. Ten out of ten best show yeah. ever. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, and I but, feel like spear, um, shield, and uh, spear, shield, spear, bow, and sword can also go into the trash category. They are, oh, they're yeah, they are. They are not great now. Two are better than the other slightly. But but the thing about but it is is you know how you always go on about like character development and how it's so satisfying. They tease you. You get character development blue balls throughout this show because you you really do because yeah. it's a lot of like revolving character development. It's like they start to grow and then boom, they're back outside and oh, I'm like yeah. fuck. And, uh, don't do that to me. It seems like at the end it kind of starts to get better a little bit, so I have hopes for season 2 that we get character development out of the other fuckers but we'll see uh, uh, i have high hopes just please please give me give me character development because i want to strangle the other three heroes mainly the fucking spear hero but we'll uh, we'll fucking deal with that later Mm -hmm. anyway bitch tells the spear hero that hey now Fumi's got a slave and he's you know making her do terrible things and he uh, he can also brainwash and he's like let me just take off my glove and yeet it at you. We're going to have a duel. Mm-hmm. And they do have a duel. But then Bitch interferes by wind magic and it allows the spear hero to win. Yes. And since the spear hero won, Raftalia is released. And it was at that moment that Naofumi just breaks. Yes. And you see a shield start to like glow red. And it's like, you see him like start to drift off more into the world until Raftalia, who after she's been released from her slave pack, like still comes back to him because obviously Naofumi treated her extremely well. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Why would I abandon this dude that raised me, took care of me?" 
And it's been and, like a, you know, they've had a relationship for like a couple a month or two at this point. Like it's not been yeah. Um, like a, a two days, which I feel like would be very anime typical, but also wouldn't mm-hmm. do very good. For, like it's been some time. Yeah, like the whole first season takes place over like a year, mm-hmm. maybe something like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell because there are so, seasons, but yeah. So it. We missed the wave. I feel like it might be longer because whenever Naofumi comes to the world, didn't he say he's like seventeen or eighteen, and then like no, at the end he's like year I'm twenty. College when he comes to the world so maybe he was like 19 and then he becomes 20 Uh, while he's in the world uh but we actually missed the first wave so before all of that happens the reason like how they have that interaction when they're together because of course he was like banished from the castle is because they find out there's this big like dragon hourglass that is what counts down to the wave time so um nalfumi finds out about this dragon this dragon hourglass and by the time he finds out about it there's only like one day left until the raid until the wave. And so um, he quickly does everything he can for him and uh, Raftalia to like gear up and whatever. And then they are teleported to the wave site where the three heroes, um, the three weapon heroes go off to go and fight the big boss or whatever. And he and Raftalia stick to the village that is very close to the battle site. And they are trying to evacuate all of the villages. And then we find, we meet a badass old lady who, um, no, wait, is this this wave or the next wave that we meet the badass old lady? Uh, next, next wave. Next wave, okay. Um, because she gets introduced after The we... healing process, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. on the road. Um, but yeah, so, so they then fight the wave, and then uh, the other heroes are, like, kind of like ragging on him for for not helping them with the big boss and being like hey you didn't even do anything like and it's because he was in the village evacuating people and actually doing like a lot of really good work um and then he also meets some knights there who um uh some who help him and some who become enemies so you know mm-hmm. um anyway so then the wave ends and then they said, hey, village, uh, to the heroes that helped during the wave, we are going to give you a reward. So come back to the palace. We'll give you a reward. And uh, Nofumi gets like very little compared to everybody else. And then they have a banquet to celebrate the end of the wave. And then at the banquet, that's when Bitch tells Spear that Nofumi has a slave and which results in the challenge for the duel. Yeah. And so while Nofumi's struggling, Raftalia is just like, you know, she comes to him and comforts him and, like, breaks him out of the trance that he's in. And this was the first moment to where he, like, the whole, you know, cloudiness of the world is just completely gone. And he can finally, you know, see for the first time since he was betrayed. Mm-hmm. And he actually sees Raftalia grown up and he's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. She's like, what What do you mean? Like, I'm Raftalia. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't understand. And then breaks down. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, she brings him leftovers, and he eats it, and we get Rengoku flashbacks. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's so good. It's the first time he's been able to taste anything in yeah. months. Yeah. And I will also say that um, Sword and Bow kind of sided with him during the whole thing. They did see that Bitch used wind magic, but they also did nothing really to defend him because in their mind, he is still somebody who sexually assaults women. Yep. 
Um, and then after this interaction happens, they go back to the slave trader because for some reason, Raftalia decides that she still wants to be in a slave pack with Nafumi instead of a, you know, just party, Being a party I member. Yeah. I don't understand no, I don't really get why, that but it, you know, it's, it's whatever. Anyway. And then it was at this point where Nafumi decides to play a gotcha game with an egg because yeah. they're like, you could potentially win your money back or you could get a dragon and be able to make like 500 times your money back. Like who, who knows? Yeah. And this is where we get introduced to Philo, who is absolutely fucking adorable. She's so cute. So she is a uh, Philoliel? Philoliel? I don't know. He called her Philo for short, basically, but that's her name. Um, And she's like a big bird magical creature kind of thing. Well, she starts off as being tiny, but she grows very quickly because remember how I was saying earlier that he has a thing that makes people grow fast? This is the other example. Um, and uh, and then they're, they're used as like, kind of, I guess, like ostriches kind of in, um, uh, in this world where they like pull carts and stuff. But then she, uh, yeah, she grows very, very quickly. And then they run and bump into... Um, the uh, spear dude when they're at the village that they saved during the first wave and he comes along with bitch and says i am now the lord of this village i am paying you what was it like 40 silvers as a toll to exit and enter the village um and then uh our shield hero says from the back of the crowd like are you a fucking idiot like like you um don't even know like do you know how much it, it costs for one night in an inn here and food it's like that's one silver for a night and food is one silver so you're charging 40 days worth of stay in the village just to exit or enter like are you crazy um and then spear dude gets all grumpy because somebody challenged him and um decides that he wants to face um naofumi in a race so he has like a dragon that he's gonna ride and then Nafumi is on Philo and they race around the village and of course um bitch can't help herself but to interfere so um she like uses several spells um and still though uh Nafumi wins and then they uh spear dude goes you cheated and uh, then it's proven that actually, um, and I think this is our first introduction to the shadows, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the shadows appear and they're like, no, no, you actually cheated. Yeah. And then Spear Hero was just like, no, it's a big fat bird's fault. And then Philo decides to swiftly kick him in the balls and send him flying. <laughs> yeah, it's actually very funny. It's the, uh, I saw things in the comments. Um, people saying in the comments that um, they're not normally a fan of cheap jokes like ball shots, but this case was an exception. It was fucking funny. Uh. Oh yeah, just because for one, it was hilarious, and then two, like seeing Naofumi break from his typical like very serious character just to smirk. Mm-hmm. He's so like, happy. It was great. It. it was it was so good. Mm-hmm. Like Philo, very easily like one of my favorite like anime characters of all time, just because of her shenanigans. Because she's. Like, she knows what she likes, she wants to do what she likes, and she always wants to eat, which is big mood Honestly, around here yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so she grows again, and now she's like a big 
fluffy bird, adorable, very cute. And then the next day they wake up to find that she is a little girl. And they're like, what is going on with this small child with wings? Um, and this is when we kind of find out that Philo is different to all of the other bird folk. So you come to find out that she is a, like, queen, because Mm -hmm. Philoliels have the, you know, you have your standard ones, but then every now and then, like, or out of every litter, there is a king or queen Mm -hmm. in the bunch to where they have the ability to transform into different forms. And then a little bit later on, you get introduced to the real Philoliel queen. Yes. Yeah. So, so even though they're called king or queens, they're more or less just uh, candidates. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of like um, you have like an alpha of like a wolf mm-hmm. of, a wolf pack. And then if you're then like you have like an alpha king or whatever if if werewolves existed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they now Fumi decides to start a trading business because he helped a trader and Philo likes to pull a cart yeah and they're looking for like magic thread to be able to weave her some clothes because um when she transforms her clothes always rip when she's like goes into bird form because she's so big so they need some magic thread so they go on an adventure and then while they're doing that they're trading and along this cart journey and they run across a town that has been infected by a plague and now fumi has an affinity for uh like crafting so he's able to craft medicine that can help you know temporarily heal the villagers and also the ability to craft accessories that give buffs yes that'll come into play a little bit later but so this is where he saves granny from the plague and she definitely comes into play later yes but they go to seek out the source of the plague and it's where they heard stories about the sword hero slaying a dragon I think actually and does it, the does the dragon come first or does the plant come first? Uh you know, for some reason I was gonna skip over the plant because I didn't find it, you know, worth mentioning. Okay. Well, quick mention, uh big plant, tax villages, they they all take it down. Uh turns out that the reason why the plant was doing that was because um Spear yeah, Spear Hero um unlocked a seed that then killed everyone <laughs> it went wild and rampant and started to kill everyone he healed everyone from the village they then uh went and found the crystal that was needed to then make the thread for her magic clothes so she has a dress now and then they went on an adventure found the dragon yeah yeah and it was at this point that they run across the dragon mm-hmm. that sword hero slayed and dragon comes back to life as a zombie and philo gets nobbed yes which sucks because that dress had to be expensive, and this was right after that dress, anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. So sorry, my SAO abridged brain just came out. Anyway, so now Fumi realizes that, or he doesn't realize, but after Philo is eaten, like he snaps and he goes into rage mode, and he's like, "All right, rage shield activate," mm-hmm. and this man, like gains a dragon arm and like goes Super Saiyan, but with flames. Yeah. And he's getting ready to wreck this dragon until, like, Raftalia saves him and, like, breaks him out of the trance. Yeah. And then they both start attacking the dragon. And then at the same time, dragon falls over and you just see its sides just kind of, like, moving. And then Philo just 
bursts out and she's like, I ate my way out. And I'm like, yes, this is the kind of trope that we need. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she swallows while she's inside the dragon. She swallows a core because basically um, uh, sword hero killed the dragon, but he didn't destroy the core of the dragon. Then the dragon rotted and the rot of the dragon was what was infecting all the villagers. I don't know if you said that, but I'm just going to reaffirm that. Um and uh yeah so that she swallows this core she saves a little bit of the core which she gives to shield hero shield hero then puts it in his shield because he has like a, a like a circle gem thing that absorbs different like matters so whenever he kills a creature or like discovers a new herb or something he can feed it to his shield and gain more information in basically his menu um and so then he adds this core to his shield which then gives him even more stuff to do because he gets his raid shield and then he combines it with the core from the dragon to then get extra dragon on his already kind of dragon raid shield because now he has like a piece of the dragon inside of him, right? Yes. Yes. Um. And then second wave. Yeah. So uh, during that time, Naofumi also kind of cursed um, Raftalia by accident, because she, like, grabbed onto him to pull him back out of the curse, and then his toxins basically flowed into her. Um, and so she needs holy water to be able to cleanse her. The church um, is acting very sketch when they go to give her um, the holy water. And this is kind of when we're first introduced to the, um, what do they call it? The three-hero church. So they only worship... Um, the three weapon heroes, they do not worship shield hero, and it is the church of the country that he is residing in. It's their, like, national church. So. Mm -hmm. Although the demi-human countries apparently have a shield church. Yes, yes, so they because have- Because the shield hero was very kind to all the demi-humans. Yes. So the demi-humans worship the shield hero, whereas everybody else is like, fuck demi-humans and fuck the shield hero, we got these other three- yeah, and they all think that demi-humans should be slaves, and it's a whole ick. Yep. And so they go to the church, they get the highest grade holy water they can get for Raftalia, and as she is finally starting to get healed, the next wave begins. Yes. And this is where we get introduced to Glass, and also the fact that the three weapon heroes cannot get along for shit. Yeah, and also, um, Naofumi is not allowed to class upgrade to like upgrade his class so basically he's reached his level cap and he can't like do his class upgrade to then be able to then increase in level so he is stuck at, i think is like level 40 and can't get further than that mm -hmm. um so then they're fighting their big wave thing and he is in the town he's doing the same thing as he did with the first wave he's in the the town um and this is where we get to see badass old lady come back she's great um and yeah grandma's fucking one shot <laughs> right? these yeah. cords yeah she is who I wish to be when I am, like, 80 years old. Um, yes. And uh, they... He's, like, sticking in the town, and then he, it's, like, three hours have gone by, and he's like, what the fuck are those heroes doing? Like, I, we can't keep just holding off this town. Like, what... I, You need to defeat the, the boss so that the wave dies. So then him and Raftalia and Philo go to the big flying ship in the air that has the boss on it, and the... All of them are just being idiots. <laughs> yeah, they can't get along. They can't figure out who to attack. Every time they kill what they believe is the boss monster, they keep coming back. And that's because they haven't killed the thing called the Soul Eater. Yeah. And 
So now Fumi gets an idea. So he's like, hey, Raftale, use your light magic. So boom, light magic. And it exposes the shadows being the soul eater. So they stab the shadows and boom, soul eaters pop out. And now Fumi releases his ultimate attack for now. Iron of Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yeah, so he traps this fucking soul eater that the other guys can't even touch. Philo can't touch it. Raftalia can't touch it. None of these other fuckers can even do a dent in this thing's health. So he's like, all right, fuck it. Throws it into the shield prison and then sends it into an absolutely massive Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And one-shots the bitch. Yeah. For an, a hero that has absolutely no attack ability. He's got a hell of an attack bullshit. ability. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's got the ability to one-shot a boss that the other guys couldn't. Yeah, so, uh, I will also say that previously, when we were doing, like, the magic thread for Philo, we also learned about what all of their magic affinities were in the crystal ball the lady at the shop showed them, so we do know what every single one of the characters, um, the main characters' special abilities are, which is what, how we knew that, um, Raftalia could use light magic. Um, mm. just for some plot hole filling. Um... And then we get introduced to Glass. Yes. So this is the thing that you were saying, though, about how they tie everything in together. Nothing goes unexplained. They do such a good job of that throughout this. Yeah, like, absolutely nothing goes unexplained. Like, every little bit is brought back to a point. And that, out of everything we have watched, this has probably been the best at tying stuff up after 71 episodes of everything that we've covered. Yeah. Like, no stone goes unturned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is really thought, really well thought through. Oh, yeah. 100%. I kind of want to go read the manga or the light novel. Yeah, it I does make me curious about it as well. As it makes me curious about it for two reasons. One, I just want, like, more context and small small bits of information that they might not have been able to show. Um, I want to see if it, like, keeps on track as well, if they're the same. But I also, like, light novels and manga tend to be way more... Um, way less palatable than anime. They tend to water anime down a little bit for for media. So it does make me curious as to these like more controversial concepts, how they are displayed in the light novel, you know? Mm. I wanna I wanna Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I wanna read it. I wanna see. Um Yeah. But yeah, so Glass. She is a fan wielding villain who basically just roasts the other three heroes which is hilarious um and uh she's one of those villains that you're like you are a really really powerful villain but i kind of adore you because every character that i fucking hate you also hate and i'm with you uh yeah because she's like the only person worthy to stand in front of me is the shield hero yeah and she fucking wrecks the other three guys and the other three guys are basically just like my pride yeah it's really funny (laughs) Because they're like, you're making fun of us, and then they get wrecked again. (laughs) And uh, and so then there's a big fight between S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fan, and um, then he is pretty much going to get defeated. Like, it's looking like he is not going to win, when all of a sudden a countdown appears, and um, Glass states that she is out of time, and they will continue this during the next wave. So you're kind of left with questions of being like, okay, so you timed out, but like, because, but the big boss died, like what, huh? So you weren't actually the boss, you, who are you and what is this situation? 
and that will be explained in the future. But I don't know, it was just really cool. He used Iron Maiden on her, it didn't even scratch. It, yeah. Yeah, she's like, not only did it not scratch her, she obliterated the Iron Maiden. Yeah, and he had to then go into his rage shield. So, uh... Melty, melty. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's whenever she comes into play. Yes. So we get introduced to the second princess of the kingdom, Melty, because she got lost because she stumbled upon a pack of Philolias. Yeah. Uh, And we also find out in this that um, the... uh, King is not the most powerful. The queen is. They they live in a... Yep. I, I don't know how, what, what they used to describe it. Basically, the queen ranks above the king. Um, he married into the royal family. And she is the first in line to the throne, even though Bitch is her older sister. I don't think we ever actually clarified that she was a princess. But um, yeah, Bitch is her older sister. Uh, but she is considered second in line to the throne, even though she's firstborn, because of her attitude. Hmm. Who would have thunk? Which is hilarious. Yes. Like, that's that's fucking great. Like, no, you can't be queen because you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's it. Um, uh, I love it so much. Yeah. And then after they get acquainted with Melty, it comes to be known that the shield hero is traveling with the second princess. And so they immediately have a hit squad come after them and they try to frame it as the shield hero has kidnapped melty and they tried to frame it as this man killed the second princess Mm -hmm. but he blocks it and he or philo and raftalia wreck the knights that tried to kill melty yeah and then melty runs off with him for shenanigans yes and then uh, he is also accused of brain having a brainwashing shield, which doesn't exist. Um, and that is why uh, Melty and Raftalia and Philo are all part of his party, because obviously no one would want to be friends with a predator like him. So, yeah, that's the only way that, that Bitch can explain it to everybody else is that he has this brainwashing shield, but that doesn't even exist. Bitch then starts to openly attack her sister. And that is when Sword and Bo kind of start to question a little bit um, about Bitch's like, incentives. Like, what's going on here? They still think that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is a horrible person, but they are like, why are you actually trying to hit your sister with magic, though? Not only hit her, but kill her. Like, those strikes yeah. would have been lethal had she actually... Mm-hmm. Hit her. And, and so our party of heroes and the second princess managed to escape. Mm-hmm. And Bitch decides to set the forest on fire. Yeah. Oh, and... Because why not try to burn them? Yes. And before they depart, though, Naofumi throws a chain with the three heroes church on it to the two other heroes. So that kind of clues them in that the church is something to do with this. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, forest fire. Um, they start show- is this where they start showing that video of him around to everybody? Oh, of, uh, him attacking the guards? Yeah. I don't think that was ever actually shown. I think it was just, like, implied that it was shown. But oh, it was I thought it was, actually... like, I thought it was, like, actually shown to everybody. But, uh. No, like, it, it showed that the crystal ball was illuminated, so, like, it was recording. Yeah. But I don't recall it ever actually showing that he did that. 
Because, again, that happened before Bitch and yeah. her party of goons showed up. Uh, so. Right. Cool. So then they they travel to a new, I guess, like, county or province or whatever in the country, a new area that has a new lord. And they bump into a nobleman who uh, brings them into his manor and invites them to stay the night. And then whilst they are there, the lord, who is known for, like, protecting um, demi-humans, is arrested by another one of the lords in, like, a neighbouring county. And... Um, they then search the area for Shield Hero. They don't find Shield Hero because uh, Melty stops them and says, um, I'm here, I'm fine, take me back to the castle. She knows that she's going to die if she goes back to the castle because her sister will kill her. Um, but she says, I'm fine, I'm here, take me back to your place and then back to your castle, um, back to the capital. Shield Hero left, I don't know where he is. So then she goes with Evil Lord to his manor, and we are left with Philo, um, Raftalia, and Shield Hero at the original manor, and obviously the other lord, the good lord, has been <laughs> the good lord. Oops. Um, <laughs> didn't mean it that way, but sure. Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, we weren't even to the Pope part yet. No, I know, we're not even there yet. Uh, oh my god and so raftalia recognizes the lord of the domain and come to find out that the lord is the one or was her previous slave owner and he abused the fuck out of her and her uh village of people yeah all of the children he's like honestly you remember how i was saying at the beginning i don't know how you would be able to like equate the same level of villain uh, this is one way, and you could, like, even make it worse this way. This lord is the absolute baddest of bad guys. Big bad. Oh, yeah, like like the flashback and then Raftalia crying, like, actually broke me. Like, I shed a couple of tears over that. Yeah, like, child killer like, that was, bad. Like, not... Yeah, like, this is definitely, like, Tucker yeah. from fucking Full Metal Alchemist bad again. Yeah, yeah. So you remember me saying that, that like... Uh, general trigger warning I did earlier. This is another one of the reasons why. Like, it, there are so many triggers throughout this. Um. Yeah. Thankfully, dude gets crushed by a dinosaur. Yeah. So that's fun. And he falls out of a window and he gets stabbed. So, you know. Um. Yeah. So Raftalia beats the fuck out of him. He falls out of a window. They go to check on the downstairs because Raftalia remembers where the children were kept. They go down there, they release the Lord, they release all the kids. Raphtalia finds her childhood best friend's uh, decomposed body. Which is horrifying. Down there, and yeah, that's, again, I cried a little bit because that was fucking hard to watch. Mm -hmm. And then they go upstairs to find out that the fat man was still alive and he summons a giant dinosaur because he's like... All right, if I can't stop you fuckers, this thing can. And then he gets smushed. Yes. Which I'm I'm not going to lie, I got a good chuckle. Yeah. It, it was really one of those moments of like, <laughs> come big creature, for I have summoned you. Lend me your power and destroy these things. Oh, you just killed me. It was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. 
And then, so they try to fight off this giant dinosaur because this giant dinosaur was sealed by the original four heroes. It was not defeated. It was sealed because they could not defeat it. Yeah. And so our ragtag bunch of hooligans of Nalfami, Philo, Raftalia, and the other lord and the children are hiding and then they decide to try to fight it. But they can do nothing. They are basically powerless against it, so they just decide to run to get it out of town, and then they'll try to deal with it mm-hmm. once they get away from there. Yeah. So Giant Dinosaur follows them outside of town, because now Fumi has an ability to like draw creatures towards him. So they get it outside of town. They realize they're useless until Naofumi decides to use a raid shield, but something keeps stopping him. Like, it won't allow him to use it at all. Yeah. And then, boom, giant bird. Yes. So this is when we are introduced to Fitoria, I think her name is? Uh, something like that. Fitoria. Fitoria, Fitoria. I don't quite know how it's pronounced, but something like that. Philo and Victoria just smoosh. Yes. (laughs) And, um, uh, turns out that she is a, she is the current, uh, Philolial... (laughs) queen and she was raised by a a hero a long time ago and um she doesn't really get involved with stuff because she doesn't like the way that the world is run and it's not her job to kind of mess with any of that her job is to just protect all of the philolial i'm never gonna say that right (laughs) uh (laughs) brethren of hers and she kind of stays out of the way of the human shit and then, um, but she has taken a special interest in Philo because Philo is also being raised by a hero and therefore is a potential candidate for becoming the next ruler of the Philolial people. Um, and so Philo and her then have a fight where they, um, where Philo is basically being tested to see her moral compass, her strength, her relationship with the shield hero, all this kind of stuff, and the rest of the party are also being tested to see how their relationship with her, how they treat her, all this kind of stuff. It's like a, a big thing. Victoria ends up um, kind of like appreciating them as a group, and and uh, but she really does not like the way that shield hero functions. She doesn't like the fact that he doesn't get on with the other heroes. She doesn't like the fact that he uses the rage shield and. Um, she pretty much states that if you don't, like, get your shit together, then I'm just going to kill you and we'll summon four new heroes and they can deal with this because, like, you need to be working together and you need to not be using that raid shield because it is cursed and you won't be able to come back from it one of these times. And he's like, well, I can only use that right now because it's the only thing that's strong enough for me to be able to face glass. And she's like, okay, fine. So she then gives him some protection for his curse and then also unlocks the philolial or whatever shields in his thing and then she also gives philo a cowlick um to symbolize her crown of basically being like the crown princess um to then eventually take over for her and philo is not happy about that cowlick no at all (laughs) no yeah so then they she then drops Uh, shield hero off in an area where he is close to another one of the heroes where he bumps into um spear hero but first at the end of the last episode you get a little snippet of the bow hero and sword hero stumbling upon a cave because they were searching Mm -hmm. after an artifact that was supposed to be a copy of the legendary weapons Mm -hmm. 
and they stumble upon a cave that has an empty chest in it, and they're like, somebody's already been here. Mm -hmm. But before they get a chance to run, they get bombed. Yes. And then that's it. That's how the episode ends. How the episode ends. So then we run into Spear Hero, who is accusing Shield Hero of having killed Sword Hero and Bow Hero. And we don't, at this point, know what happened to those two heroes. And if pretty much any member of the four die, according to Floreal that we just heard, Fedoria, then they will lose because there's this big ultimatum that's going to come. Um, and between you have to choose between like the people and the world. And if any single one of the four heroes dies, then uh, they're pretty much fucked over, according to her. And they can't summon one hero individually. Like they have to, they have to all be summoned together. They don't have to be summoned to the same location, but they all have to be summoned together. They can't just summon one. So they can't let anybody die. So he hears that, and it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> we're fucked. Two of them are dead. But then he's also like, what do you mean you're accusing me of it? Um, and so then they start having a big fight, and it's Spear Hero's party against Shield Hero's party, and Shield Hero's just, like, absolutely destroying them. They're fucked. And then all of a sudden, Fila goes, put shields above us, like, as many shields as you possibly can. So he scoots everyone together, puts a, sh- uh, a shield, ca- a cage shield, what is it? Uh, is that it? Shield prison. Shield prison, thank you. Um, around them, then puts, like, four air shields above them. And then all of a sudden this big beam of light just comes like beaming down, uh, rips through all of his shields. He's like using his actual shield to like defend them. And then uh, uh, and then all of a sudden we hear like laughing from the Pope guy who is now standing at the edge of a cliff because it's completely decimated the area. There's now a huge hole in the ground, a cliff that wasn't once there. They're in the center of this hole in the ground and everything else is like, magma from how this laser beam just destroyed the ground and um the pope is being like impressive you just took a hit from the holy weapon or whatever it was head on and then uh, this is when we're like properly seeing the pope directly attacking shield hero because he's saying that shield hero shouldn't like he's the devil incarnate or whatever and then the other three heroes are fake heroes because they all did damage to the villages so Spear Hero fucked over the village with a tree. Um, Sword Hero fucked over the village with a dead dragon. And uh, what we didn't mention was also Bow Hero fucked over a village when he changed the Lord out. Like he killed one Lord or like dethroned one Lord and then didn't check on the Lord who then took the throne. And so a load of people ended up having to be like refugees because he was just as bad as the first Lord. And then a load of people died of like starvation and poverty. So... All three did, this is where I was saying, performative activism. Whereas, like, this, it makes so many points to hit of, like, toxic scenarios in society. It really does. This show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, they're like, we did the thing. We helped out. Uh, I went in there and I killed the thing that they asked me to do. But then I didn't stick around long enough to see what the results of that was going to be. And now they're all just as fucked as they were in the beginning. I mean, it's almost like a bunny girl senpai butterfly effect. Yeah. In essence, because mm. like, oh, we have all these powers so we can do all this good. But whenever they think it's good, they actually end up just fucking everything up. Yeah. And it's. It, and so now Fumi's been going behind them all and cleaning up their shit. Yeah. Because they're kind of playing it as though they're still in the video game. Whereas now Fumi very quickly realized that this wasn't a game. It was real life. And that's just a theory. Yes. A game theory. Yeah. 
So then a uh, big fight happens. Oh, just kidding. Bow and sword weren't dead. Shock. What? No. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they come all fight the Pope. Um, Shield Hero is then, they're all like, ah, but wait, you didn't kill them? Okay, I guess we can team up for a little bit. Um, Oh, but you're still a shitty person because you still assaulted someone who you didn't, but we're going to still believe that you did, even though bitch is a bitch. Um, And, (laughs) and uh, yeah, and then they're acting that the other three heroes, you just, as soon as you think that they've, they've grown a little bit, just a little bit, you, they, you don't even have high expectations. You're just like, Ah, you know, maybe they can use just like an ounce of critical thinking skills. No? Okay. <sighs> yeah, no. No, It you still find out very quickly that they cannot work with one another. Because no. they're all too egotistical and big-headed and can't figure shit out. So now Fumi's just like, fuck it, let's figure it all out until the Pope decides to build a magical cathedral around them to where he has the power and he can fuck their shit up. Yeah, and he is fucking their shit up. And now Fumi ends up getting backed into a corner where he has to use the rage shield again, but then even with the rage shield, he is still struggling. So he uses something called blood sacrifice art where he literally destroys his body to get a good shot at the Pope. The Queen also arrives at this time um, because she has been in contact with uh, Narofumi and Melty through the Shadows, who we were introduced to earlier. And she comes in and she destroys the cathedral and... Um, uh, Freezes his ass. Yes. And and then Narofumi uses blood sacrifice to where this giant... Like, to paint a picture, you know the giant uh, cannonballs with the teeth in Mario? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That basically springs out of the ground, chomps his ass, and then pulls him into the earth. And then there's just a pool of blood yes. left where he went into the earth. Yeah, it's it's a, a whole situation. Now, Fumi that wakes up a little while later. It's been three days. He's been asleep for three days. Um, he wrecked his body with that last thing. He then has a, a talk with the queen. She knows all of the shit that's been going on with the king. And with her her daughter, bitch, with Trash and Bitch, who um, who have been basically <laughs> destroying the country for their own selfish gain and bias against the shield hero. And conspiring with the church to... Actually kill citizens. Like basically, like, yeah, like, kill the citizens, basically overthrow the government to make sure that they would be in charge, and also try to kill the legendary heroes. And the first in line for the throne. So mm-hmm. yeah, it it they literally cost the country hundreds and hundreds of lives, thousands of lives. Mm-hmm. So then the queen is like, okay, well, judgment has to happen because of this. I don't care that they're my husband and my daughter. Shit has to. They have to deal with the consequences of this. And so she uh, sentences them to death publicly because during a trial they were well um bitch was given a slave pact and like i said before slave packs you can't lie on them um and so she gets the crest on her chest and they ask her the questions she admits to everything shield hero's name is completely cleared from the very beginning thing to every single thing all the way through because he ended up basically being accused of being like everything under the sun everything is is cleared her plot is exposed and then Shield Hero ends up feeling really guilty when the execution is about to happen because he doesn't want their blood on his hands because, of course, like, Melty, they get, like, 
the daughter of one of them and the younger sister of another one, even though she was the victim of almost murder, well, of a murder plot and attempt, um, that's still her father and sister. And I know that that would be incredibly confusing and conflicting feelings. And of course, the queen, that is still her husband and daughter. And um, yeah, and he also just doesn't want their blood on his hands. So he then breaks up the ceremony and says, henceforth, they shall be known as bitch and trash. And her adventurer name shall be Slut. Which, um... <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> or whore. It's written in the dic- in Wikipedia as whore. But yeah. Um, it's... It's... <laughs> 10 out of 10. I don't, I don't think it necessarily pays for the thousands of lives that have been lost. But they get stripped of their title and that is their actual name, legal name from now on. So, I mean... It, <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, at this point, you're kind of thinking, the season's kind of ended. What are they going to do for the last, like, four episodes? They're going to fuck all this shit up in the last four episodes. Yeah, like, basically, they're like, all right, how can we set up the next season? And also, like, kind of wreck continuity in a way. But instead of wrecking continuity, they just added, like, a metric fuck ton of elements all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are able to finally get their class upgrades, except uh, Raftalia and Philo can't choose their class upgrades because of some shit that they've gotten with Philo being said to be the next Philolio queen. And Raftalia, they did not explain why she wasn't able to choose her class upgrade, and that's bullshit. They just played it off as some sort of accessory or some sort of factor, which is bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it makes they get sense their class upgrade. because in, in games you do unlock certain pathways that you have to choose if you equip certain pieces of shit. So I do get it. But um, yeah, they didn't really explain Raftalia's situation. Yeah, because Naofumi even chose to let them choose freely and they didn't get to choose, which is bullshit. Yeah, I hope they at least get to choose their but next class upgrade freely. Hopefully so. Yes. But yeah, so they upgrade their classes so their level cap is officially bumped. And at the same time that this happens, come to find out there's a double XP event on an island out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yes. Because who doesn't need a beach episode that's not a beach episode? That is a beach episode. They do wear bikinis. That is true. Yeah. But that's that's a later episode. That's a later episode. episode. First, we get the ship episode. Not this beach episode. Nope. Um, So they travel and at the same time... You come to find out that the, or Raftalia takes Nalfami to her home village to where he can see everything and kind of figure out where she's from while they're on their way to the boat that's going to take them to the island. And they get reintroduced to the lord that was at the manor that was the good boy, not not the bad squish boy. Mm-hmm. And also Raftalia's little friends that were in the dungeon. They were like, oh, hey, this is the place. And they also meet a couple of adventurers that will come into play at the very end of the episode. Yeah, so this, uh, I will just say that it kind of weirded me out when Raftalia's friends were still children. Because although she has grown and she acts grown, like her, me- she's mentally grown as well as physically grown. I will just state that there is nothing creepy going on there. Because she does have a kind of like, she has a crush on Shield Hero, uh, Naofumi, but Naofumi doesn't really see her that way until kind of the very last episode where they kind of like, you see some, a little bit of that, that being reflected back. But it takes 
25 episodes and for a good time he just considered her like his daughter you know which again is kind of weird but like you know it's less weird um (laughs) it does kind of just my brain goes eh when you see her interacting with people that she grew up with and they are still children. That being said, they do not age like humans. They age based on their level, so they haven't had time to gain XP. So they are still children because they are not, they don't age the same pathway because they are demi-humans. So I do completely understand why, but seeing that as a visual representation does kind of like weird my brain out a little bit, you know? I mean, hey, we level up every time it's our birthday. So, you know, that's just that's just the human evolution way of doing things. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, then... But yeah, so they go, they find, they meet the two people. And the two legendary heroes are, or the other three legendary heroes are super fucking seasick. Yes, yes. So we're on a boat. Uh, three, uh, the three weapon heroes are, <laughs> they're so fucked. They're not even, uh um, and then... They are fucking useless. They are so useless. <laughs> and then we bump into those two guys again that we saw at the village. One girl and one guy. And, uh, Therese and Locke. And Therese asks now Fumi to make her a, like, bracelet out of some jewels and supplies that she has. Because, again, like Brad mentioned earlier, that, like, he's really good at making shit. He's got, like, crafting recipes in the bucket load. And they also think that Naofumi's name is an alias because they believe him to be this, like, big villain. Um, and so Locke ends up just calling him, what, like, Shield Kiddo or something of the equivalent. Yep, Shield Kiddo. Yeah. Like, the whole time he's known him, he's just called him Kiddo. Yeah. Um, even though he's like, I'm 20, dude. And he's like, what's up, Kiddo? It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and uh, so then they end up meeting up again on the island and they team up, and um, Nofumi gives Therese the finished bracelet, and then we find out that she is, like, a super powerful jewel fighter or whatever. She uses, like, gem energy. Um, it, I don't actually really know what it's called. She's a mage, but Basically. it's, like, gem-activated mm-hmm. mage. And then he... What does he have? Like, a scythe? I can't even remember. Yeah, it's like a beefy hammer scythe thing. thing. I know. Um, and they're both freaking badass. And so they're grinding yep. XP um, on the island as, like, a party. And now Fumi's kind of like, oh, these people are kind of sick. Like, maybe I will ask them to, like, join the party afterwards. Like, I'm actually vibing with them. Like, Locke's kind of weird and, and we don't, like, he throws me off my game. But, um, like, they're pretty cool people. And then um, at the end of the day, he's like, hey, you want to team up again tomorrow? And they say, no, thanks, we're just going to hit up, hit it up alone. And then um, uh, they're kind of acting a little bit sus. And then... Beach episode! Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they go to the beach and Fila's like, hey, I discovered a thing while I was swimming down to the ocean. And so then they put on some suits and go down and swim the ocean. And then underneath the ocean, they find that there is a temple and there is another um, dragon hourglass thing and so they look at it and it's like oh next wave is gonna next wave is gonna be in 48 hours here on the island that you didn't think it was possible to have them and they're like fuck uh convenient plot device and then they <laughs> fuck sorry. convenient plot device <laughs> um <laughs> and so then the queen gathers her naval fleet to fight the wave Locke and Therese also set, say, set sail they're also like on a boat um, in the ocean 
and gonna fight the big boss guys too, but they're like acting mad sus towards Naofumi. Naofumi and Philo and Raftalia are like all getting ready to fight. The other heroes are like doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Big giant ocean sea monster thing comes in. The other heroes can't do shit for it. Um, and so then uh, Shield Hero is like fighting it. When he sees Lark again, he's like, hey, Lark, like help me out. And Lark's like, well, I have to defeat this thing first anyways. So they team up for a second to kill this big whale blob thing. And then after they kill the big whale blob thing, they're then sitting there and then Lark's like, huh, just kidding. I was your enemy all along. What? No. What? Convenient plot device. Yeah, so do you want to take away the loss a little bit? Sure. So, Lark and Teresa are like, okay, well, we are from another world and we gonna, we gonna fuck you guys up. Mm-hmm. And so, they fight. They fight some more. And it come to find out, for one, that Naofumi's bracelet cannot hurt him. So, Teresa's like, I'm gonna burn your ass. And it's like, no, I refuse. I can't hurt him. Which I was like... That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. That I hope that comes into play later. Like I hope there's more of that cuz that is a mechanic that you very rarely if ever see in anything. Yeah. So please bring that yeah, back. But the anyway. only thing that I can think of that is similar is like in Harry Potter with your wand being connected to you. Like somebody else won't get as much power if they use your wand. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of that's like a similar mechanic. And so they fight, they fight some more, and apparently the fight was taking too long, because then, out of nowhere, Glass appears. Mm-hmm. And come to find out that Glass, Lark, and Teresa are all working together, and they are all actually heroes from another world. Mm-hmm. They are the fan hero, scythe hero, and magic hero? I guess, or bracelet, bracelet hero? gem I don't hero? fucking know. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's fucking bracelet hero. Okay, <laughs> that's a title. Right? <laughs> They're going at it, and now Fumi finds out that his soul leader shield scares glass so he's like oh i have an idea so he and glass take off to another boat while philo raftalia and melty fight lark and teresa mm-hmm. and Nalfami uses the soul eater shield and keeps chomping the life out of glass but he also like now that he knows that they're actual people that were isekai from another world themselves and are there to help defeat them, he starts to have a moment of like, do, do I actually care as much as these people care about their world? Like, the fuck? And then he sees a glimpse of what Glass in their world looks like. Somehow, I don't know, main character plot development <laughs> shit. Yeah. So Lark throws Glass a mana health potion thing, and she powers up. She's like, all right, time's about up. I'm in this in one shot. And Naofumi's like, all right, powers up to, like, full raid shield, and he's ready to go. But instead of using his blood sacrifice technique, the queen ordered that these uh, very potent alcohol berries be used in barrels to explode because they have high alcohol content. Mm -hmm. And she sends this mage who was part of the bow heroes party to uh, go out and give them a hand. And so she uses her magic to send these barrels flying and also, and then Naofumi uses his shield to make them explode. Mm -hmm. He is not affected by this alcohol at all. Whereas Glass gets fucking plastered. Yes. And so Lark is like, all right, 
You win this time. We'll see you again. Yeah. They disappear off into the sunset. The wave is over. Everybody has a party. And then to wrap up the season, you come to find out that because of everything that happened, the queen felt like she owed the shield hero basically whatever the fuck he wanted. Yes. Also before that, um, the girl who helped Narufumi out during who threw the barrels, um, I think her name's Lesia or something. I'm not sure. Um, but she was part of Bo Hero's party, but he, then some of the other people were uh, like mad or whatever that she stole the spotlight for the thing because Bo Hero sucks. Um, and she stole the spotlight during the wave for helping him out during the final move. And so they accused her of breaking something that was really important to him. And so he threw her out of the party. So then she tries to commit suicide because she don't, thinks that she's not good enough because like a, a verbal abuse, like fuck. And um, so then Naofumi's like, I know how it feels to be accused of shit I didn't do. You can join my party. So new party member acquired for next season. Yeah. And so for his one request that he could ask the queen for anything that he wanted, he requested that he be the lord over Raftalia's old village. Mm-hmm. And he plans on using it as a home base, building it up, making it like a big like fish trading market, also opening up like smithing. Now that other fun stuff, just use it as a home base to train up armies to be able to go against the waves. And the whole time, like he's been hinting at, you know, wanting to go back to his own world and all that other stuff. And Raftalia just like breaks down. She's like, look, I don't want any of this. Like, I just want you to stay. Yeah. And he's like, well, actually, whenever you brought me here, you know, before the wave, I kind of made up my mind that I wanted to stay and I wanted to make this place my you know, home and ability to start fresh and anew in this world. Yeah, yeah. And then it's nice. They have a sweet little moment until they are, you know, intruded upon by everyone. Yeah. And season over. Season over. And uh, yeah, Narafumi seems to adopt more children along the way. It is that when I saw that comment, it really did make me laugh because it is kind of true that like you get concerns about it being a very young harem and you're watching this and you're thinking this is sketch. And then he just becomes their dad, and it's kind of adorable how he's just like, yeah, I'm your dad now. Yep, now Fumi is just major dad vibes. Yeah, super dad vibes. And and like I said, it's not until that very last episode where you see any kind of like mutual romantic interaction between him and Raftalia. So although she did start off being very young in the first like your first interaction with her, I think like only one episode or two episodes, maybe one and a half episodes. Mm-hmm. She does age up and is for the vast majority of the season is a full grown adult, both mentally and physically. So I, it's not Violet Evergarden. <laughs> no, 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 definitely no. not. Um, and I think that, I mean, would I have preferred that she was an adult from the beginning? Probably, but I do understand. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not the biggest of the controversies throughout this this thing. I yeah, it's there's a lot of things that are very obvious talking points throughout this show, and there are a lot of things that I think are gonna set people on edge. There are things that are meant to make you uncomfortable about this show, mm-hmm. and it does a very good job of doing that. And I think it raises some good questions. It raises some good conversation topics, and it makes you think about the world in ways that you might not have necessarily thought about it before. So in ways, I think it's actually very good because it keeps you like open to things not being as they seem, you know? Yeah. But yeah, also like 
yeah, there are things that I'm like, eh, but there are things that I'm like, oh, that was good. All right. So, Miss Eh, what do you write it? Uh, C. A C? A C. That, that, that breaks our whole rating. I rated too. it a C. I mean, like, a C is probably pretty fat. What's that, like 70%? I don't know how Americans work. Uh, um, yes. So, basically a 7. Yeah, it's like a 7 out of 10. That's fair. That's probably about right. I do think there are some, like, trippy things about it. It's an isekai. There are always going to be tropes in an isekai. I don't think you can have an isekai without tropes. It wouldn't be an isekai that way. Nope. <laughs> I really like the, the gaming concepts, how consistently they keep it as a, a game. But not actually being a game, but it feels like a game. For the heroes, it is a game. Like, they have, like, they're able to see their party and their own, like, health bar, mana bar, all that shit. And whenever they're facing a boss, or, <laughs> fuck, a boss, <laughs> they see a giant health bar. What's that Pokemon? Freaking moth. moth. <laughs> um, oh, fuck, where can It's like Venonets, <laughs> bud. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Freaking, that's what I just got in my brain. I was like, big moth boss. It's like, it's not a moth boss. It's a, it's a boss. <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> it's been a day. It has. I was about to say that's a really funny oh, typo. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how I... <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Oh, okay, I'm crying. Cool. Um, what were we talking about? Rating it. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, seventy. Yeah, seven out of ten. At seventy, you broke the scale. <laughs> it's a fucking seventy out of ten, dude. Yeah, bruh, rock on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's really, really, really good, and I do recommend giving it a watch if you can handle triggers and, um, and I would say or, like, at least like. 17, 18 years old. Old enough to cr- have critical thinking skills. Yes. I'm, I'm probably going to have to give it like a 8.75. Oh, yeah? Because I feel like it's better than an 8 or 8.5, but it's not quite a 9, mm. if that makes sense. I did dock a point because I fucking hate that OP, but that is just completely personal preference. Well, you see, <clears throat> I dock a point because of bitch. Oh, oh my god, yeah, I want to talk she about is... that. These are so infuriating. So the character, like Ooh. she is, she's so consistently a pain in the ass. Like she pops up so much. Like every time the story feels like it's finally starting to get going again, she pops up and ruins it, and it just pisses me the fuck you off. You know how it feels? Like again, it feels how? like when you're watching like way too many episodes of Pokemon, and then you just hear Jesse's laugh, and you're just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that one hundred percent. Or if you don't pay for YouTube Premium and you just get, like, the three ads in a row that are unskippable. Yeah. Multiple times in the same video. Yeah. It's stepping in a puddle with socks on. That's what she is. She's so gross. Yeah. Like, it just, oh, it frustrates the, me to no the end. the king? Like, honestly, the, she should have been beheaded. Yeah. Like, like I would have been with. fine with the execution of her and the king. Because they killed thousands yeah. of people because of them. I, I mean, I don't like executions of people, but, like, honestly, so I would have done it just because she's annoying. But, like, is that freaking king sitting in her little pocket being like, um, oh, whatever you want, daughter, it's fine. I will just sacrifice my people to you because you're, like, fucking, 
horrible person. I thought that was about to go a completely uh, different way. It nearly did. I had to restrain myself. <laughs> I thought other words were about to come out. I'm like, uh, uh-oh. I have to, to suck them back <laughs> in again because, But yeah. Uh, oh, and but yeah, she, she, is, she is such a bitch. Like spear she, hero she having negative IQ. So bad. Negative IQ. Oh, yeah. Like, this dude rolled negative stats and, on everything except for his fucking constitution. And he like, oh is a creep because he is openly fl- hitting on Philo, who is, throughout the entire time, completely represented as, like, what, a 12-year-old max? Yeah. And and he is openly flirting with her. Oh, that's weird because, like, ew. Not only that, but his entire party is women. Like, he is actually he building is a so... harem. Not that I have a problem with harem anime, but I have a problem with this. You have a problem with him because he's not doing it. He's doing it in a women are objects and I'm collecting them kind of way. Not as opposed mm. to a, this is these are the best members of my party. They just happen to be female kind of way, like most other harems are. They're like, they each have a role and are significantly important. He is like, oh, gotta catch them all. Yeah, because take, uh, what the fuck is it? Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Yeah. Like, that type of harem for a party-style anime? Great. Yeah, well, I'm- f- Great job. I'm fine if they are, like, if, if they just happen to be women, and maybe they're even a little bit flirty, because I'm all for a flirty women, all for a flirty women, great grammar. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm all for a flirty woman, and I'm all for, like, whatever you want to do with that. Just don't have them as objects. Have them for a reason, you know. <laughs> like yeah, like I I get that one hundred percent. Yeah, ew. And then fucking shield or not shield hero, but fucking uh, sword hero and bow hero also having negative IQ. Oh my god, yeah, they're like we're just being dumbasses, like not negative IQ level of dumbasses, but just being dumbasses and being so fucking wishy washy. So like, oh full my of god, themselves. I've never seen somebody be such a fucking like seesaw of just not being able to decide which side of the fence they want to go on like fucking yeah shit or get off the pot and choose the side oh my god yeah their heads are so far up their asses they could probably see out their own mouths it's so uh anyway i i would dock a like full point just for the fact that they are infuriating and it makes me angry I did. Like, if it wasn't for that bunch of characters like i very well could have put this in like and part of me still wants to, like, put it in, like, my top five isekai of all time because it's really good and I have high hopes of where it's going to go in the future. Yeah. But I can't even put it on the same scale as ReZero just because ReZero is beautiful and masterful in every way. And this, it tries, but its characters just piss me the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, uh... I gave it, like, a 8.75 still. Yeah, like, I'd fair. dock a whole point because of that shit. The OPs and EDs are great. That ballad ED for the first one is just so good. Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoy it. I'll make sure to send you those uh, acoustic versions OPs yeah. after this, just because I I want you to see them because they're actually really good. In fact, as soon as we hit the stop button, I'll send them awesome. to you. Cool. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I I think I've ranted enough sufficiently about this show. Oh, it's beautiful. That's another thing I didn't comment on. Actual animation is really really good. Except at the end, it kind of starts to dip until it shows, like, close-ups of people, and then it brings it back. Mm. But it definitely seems like they started to run out of animation budget there at the end. Not anywhere near close of fucking Dead Man Wonderland, mm. by any means. Is that the But is you that can the tell the character designs get a little bit lazier. Is that the point two five that you deducted? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought some of the monster designs were super cool, but I'm gonna put that towards, like, the manga like novel kind of stuff i don't know who designed those but yeah um 
the monster design. Some of those were really, really cool. Also, some of the CGI took me out. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. There is There are moments of CGI that I was like, oh, well, that's obvious. Like whenever the archers that were on the wall like started firing and it was like blatantly obvious they were CGI. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. Agreed. So bad. Anyway, cool. Wrap this bitch up. Yeah. Good show. Wrap the bitch up. So if you like Blue, the lovely voice that has accompanied me, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where she posts life updates, art updates, all that fun stuff. And also she has a dog, Tilly. Tilly is the absolute best bean. She has an Instagram for Tilly at the best Tilly bean, where if you like doggo photos, that will just brighten your day to no end. You can find those there. She also has a Twitch, even though she doesn't stream. It's there at twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender. Go drop her a follow and tick up those numbers for, you know, giggles. For giggles. And if you like Brad, who has always, he's, couldn't do this without him. Banter, it's always good. Comes at me with news and information that I don't know about. He has a brain in his head, which I appreciate. Because I don't always have mine. I lose mine all the time. It, it's in a jar on somebody's desk. Somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know whose desk anymore. I lost track. <laughs> uh, if you like him, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. He's also Brad Carter Gaming on all of the socials, so be sure to give him a follow. And we also have an Instagram and Twitter for the podcast at BNB Anime. We're also on YouTube and on our website at www.bnbanime.com where we have links to your favorite listening platform as well as you can download them directly on the website. We also have information, background stuff about the two of us, links to our IMDb pages if you're interested in any of our voice acting work. We also have um, art on there, friends of the podcast, and all of that kinds of stuff is all on the website. So be sure to check that out if you have any free time or just feel like it. Yeah. Oh, and the comments. I forgot to say about the comments. Hit us up in those comments. We love to hear about your opinions, especially about things like this where I feel like things could be pretty controversial. We love to have those open discussions with you guys. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are just two idiots who like anime. We do not know anything actual about shit. So if you have different opinions or new points or whatever, things that we didn't notice, please let us know about them because we are always learning, expanding our thoughts on minds and and what we like and stuff. So if you disagree or agree or whatever, uh, we love having those conversations with you. So drop us in those comments on whatever, hit us up in those DMs, wherever you're at, on whatever the socials. We love to hear from you. Yeah, because we do read those, or at least I read those. I, I cannot attest for the person sitting on the other side of the microphone. I do read them. Uh, whenever I remember, but I do have ADHD, so that is sometimes, like, I will binge them for, like, hours at a time sometimes, and then other times I will not remember for, like, three months. So, they do get read, just <laughs> never consistently. Yeah, I, I just gotta give you shit, because... Yeah. Accurate. Wouldn't be me if I Don't didn't. Worry. But yeah, we, we do read those, and I typically, like, always respond to them, yeah. again, if I remember, because I'm really bad at responding to shit, so please, leave comments, especially if we throw down the gauntlet, like, earlier of whatever I was throwing down the gauntlet for, I can't even remember. But anyway, mm. at me in those comments, I dare you. Oh, it was the music, the OP. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, dubs, not subs, when it comes to the OP for this. <laughs> oh. But thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. If you liked it, please do not forget to hit the like and subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on so you don't miss an episode because we do upload weekly unless stupid shit happens. So if you want to be notified and not, you know, have to worry about missing an episode of whatever the shenanigans that go on here, please hit all of the things. Mm -hmm. Next week, we have... 
Crunchyroll's 2021 Anime of the Year, Jujutsu Kaisen. I am so excited. Me too. I'm super stoked. The fight scenes are great. The animation is beautiful. I cannot wait for you to watch it. And also, it's basically a light week for me because I'm still going to be house-sitting and I think I'm on like episode 21 or 22. So technically a light week. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.